0: Did you know we're eating and drinking roughly a credit card's worth of plastic a week? Yep, that's right. Blueland set out to do something about it. Eliminate the need for single-use plastic in the cleaning products we reach for the most. I'm absolutely obsessed with Blueland for a couple of reasons. One, how they're helping the environment. Two, how convenient they make my life. And three, how freaking beautiful their pastel containers are. All you have to do is fill your reusable bottles with water, drop in the tablets, and wait for them to dissolve. You'll never have to grab bulky cleaning products on your groceries run again. My partner was a little skeptical the other day if the dishwasher tablets would work as well as the pods we usually use, but after the dishes came out sparkling clean, he was sold as well. It's not only super convenient, but Blueland is also affordable. Refill start is just two twenty five, dollars and you can even set up a subscription or buy in bulk for additional savings. Blueland has a special offer for listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash dateable. You won't want to miss this blueland.com slash for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash to get 15% off.
1: The datable podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. I'm your host Yue Shu, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host Julie Krafchick. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything, from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, for you. Enjoy the show. This episode of Dateable is brought to you by Onesie Date, an event planning company dedicated to bringing cool people together. And you're just in luck. Their next event will be June 18th with Dateable Podcast as a special guest. We will be recreating the dating game live on stage. Get your tickets today by searching the words Onesie Party on Eventbrite. Onesie spelled O-N-E-S-I-E. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show that opens up a candid conversation about dating in San Francisco.
2: And that cheery jolly voice that you just heard is my co-host beautiful UA.
1: I'm so glad you said that because I was talking to someone on the phone and they were like you sound like death. <laughs> so I was like I'm going to just sound a little nicer today. Uh, but you always have a cheerful voice, Michael. And you know, I just I think listeners at home should know that Michael, Julie and I are really good friends that we call each other on a weekly basis. It's actually Michael calling us and every time Michael's like what do you want to talk about? Let's talk about life. You know, like what can I help you with? We're definitely- I love
2: y'all. That's why.
1: <laughs> so on each episode, we dissect a dating story. Today's episode is going to be a little different because we're we have a special guest for you, and you might have heard her giggle a little bit. Um, we have Ellen Huerta, who is the CEO and founder of Mend, an app that helps you through a breakup, and evolved out of the site Let'sMend.com, which Ellen started after she went through a breakup. Hi, Ellen. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. We're so happy to have you. You know, heartbreaks, it's one of those topics that always gets brought up and nobody ever knows what to do about it. People like to marinate in the misery of breakups, but nobody ever knows what they should do. So I want to first know about what was this breakup that you went through?
3: The breakup that I went through was a few years ago now but um, I was actually living in San Francisco so now I'm in LA um, and I was pretty new to San Francisco um, and I went through it was an off again or off again on again relationship which I'm sure you guys have had um, and a lot of times I feel like those breakups are really really difficult so I was going through a breakup and just having a hard time um, and it was actually one night when I was up late at night, just scrolling through my phone, I think it was like three a m in the morning, and I was on Google on my phone searching for breakup advice. Um, and I wish that I had kept my search history from that night because it was probably pretty embarrassing. Um, but I was searching for breakup help and just didn't feel like a lot of the content online resonated with me. A lot of it was really cliche. Um, and so I, had the idea that I would build a breakup site. Um, And everything that I've been working on now, I mean, that was years ago, has evolved out of that site. So for me, I feel like the breakup was a pivotal moment. Um, And I feel like actually for a lot of people, breakups are really pivotal moments in their lives.
1: I think that, you know, with breakups, there are two ways that you can come out of it. One way is you can dwell in it, and the second way is you can learn from it. Mm -hmm. But it's really hard to come out of that dwelling period, because every breakup deserves a little bit of grieving process but then how do you get yourself out of it? And this, I know this is something very relevant to our producer, Julie, who's right beside me. She's mic'd up for this episode because she has, she's recently gone through something in that realm. And I think it'd be good for her to talk about kind of her experience. So Julie, do you want to take it away?
0: Yeah, no, it's been, it's fun being a guest on the show. This is my first time. So usually behind the scenes, but I was excited to have Ellen here. Cause like, as you, mentioned, i went through a breakup that's probably been one of the more difficult breakups I've experienced. So I think one of the biggest parts is obviously like you miss the person once you break up, but there's this getting over the future you had together in a way, a just as challenging part of a breakup.
3: Absolutely. One of the hardest parts about heartbreak is just unraveling from the person. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, so much of your identity and your sense of self really gets intertwined. Um, And even in healthy relationships, you know, it's only natural that you depend on each other for things, and that's one of the really beautiful things about a relationship. But then when you come out of it, all of a sudden you're asking yourself, like, who am I without this person, and what will my life be like, and what will my future be like? Um, And I think that that can be pretty scary, but personally, I think it's also one of the most exciting parts about going through a breakup, because you really have a chance to reinvent yourself.
2: It's like a, it's a beautiful time for a rediscovery of the, of who you are.
0: Right. Right. And especially, like I mentioned, my situation was only a year. I can't even imagine like five, six, seven plus years, like thinking that you have a full life with someone and then one day just being done, so.
1: Well, I just find relationships in general, that dynamic is so fascinating. You go from perfect strangers mm-hmm. to closer than family, then to perfect strangers again. And, and there's research to show that a breakup is equivalent to death, right? It's equivalent to that loss.
3: So what is step number one to dealing with a breakup? One thing that doesn't get talked about a lot, so there's definitely the emotional aspect of a breakup, and that is a very real thing. and that's it's really hard to deal with a breakup in that way. Um, but one thing that doesn't get talked about a lot, but that you experience in the beginning is just how physical a breakup can be. Um, you know, there are all sorts of changes that are happening in your body. I mean, I don't, I won't get like too Bill Nye about it, but like there are real neurochemical connections that you have with someone and they've actually looked at people who have gone through a breakup and they have the same profile as someone who's going through withdrawal from like drug addiction. So when I think about like the first step of getting through a breakup, I kind of think of it as it's almost like triage. Like you really have to treat yourself like you're sick. Um, and actually in an ideal world, I think we would all get, Heartbreak days, like we get sick days, <laughs> um, but I do think you really have to take care of yourself in the most basic way. Like, make sure that you're eating. A lot of people stop eating, and make sure that you're sleeping, um, and just being around people and not disconnecting yourself from other other people. You know, your family and your friends. Um, and then I think one of the biggest things that we sort of all know this, but um, it really is so important just given all the physical changes that happen after breakup is just being active and actually like finding something that you can do every day that releases endorphins, even if it's just like dancing around in your in your room to Robin or something. So I
0: 110% agree with that because I'd say the, I really just threw myself into exercise and started working out like two times a day. And I've read like for other other places that that's like one of the best things you can do because obviously there's endorphins with exercise and then also like you look a lot better when you run into your ex than if you've been sitting eating Ben and Jerry's for the last yeah. month, right?
1: There is research to prove that after a breakup, most men hit the gym and most women hit yeah. ice cream. Yep, it that is, is stereotypical. It is, it's stereotypical but there is research to back it up. Women oh, yeah. just, they find comfort in food and men find comfort in treadmills and having lots of sex with different women.
0: I mean, don't worry. My typical (laughs) response has always been ice cream. This was like a change.
1: I really think some people who've been single for a while look hotter than they used to because they're like, all I've been focusing on is improving myself. Then you come out of
0: like the relationship bod,
2: which is like already down. So
0: you're at a deficit at that point. (laughs) So It's like getting back
2: to normal, basically. It is. One of the things too, when we talk about endorphins, guys and ladies, is to make sure that we don't... um, Start getting it through like alcohol and cocaine. Oh, many yeah. people, so many people yeah. hear so endorphins and they think, oh, drugs, that helps. And then it's just kind of replacing one, like you said earlier, it's like an addiction. So you're replacing one addiction for another.
3: We have an interesting relationship with sadness. I feel like mm-hmm. now people are more comfortable saying that they're sad and, and letting themselves be sad. And, you know, a lot of times people will say, like, feel the pain, feel sad, it's okay. Um, but it is really true sadness is an emotion that is designed to really slow you down and like when you're grieving um, it gives you a chance to sort of reflect on like what that loss meant to you right and um, and then also think about you know what your life will look like without whatever it is that you lost and that is a real thing it's backed up in research
2: it's so important to recognize what the body needs at points like that like Right. For guys, they've been taught their entire lives to not cry, right? right. I wish I could cry more. Like, I wish
3: <laughs> I could cry. just let it out
2: and just feel so much better because it is what the body needs to do. Your body does need to feel sad. It does need to cry because it's right. that's just part of the process. And so many people try to stay away from that because it, it hurts, but it's really powerful or helpful at least.
3: The really interesting thing about sadness is that um, it's a way to signal to the people around you that you need extra support Um, and there's this really great book called The Other Side of Sadness by George Bonanno which I really recommend and it's actually about grief when you lose someone but it's relevant for a breakup too or a divorce Um, and he talks about it that It is important to signal to the people around you, like your friends and your family, that you need extra support because you actually do. Like you need to replace that connection that you're missing from your partner. I feel like
0: for me, I will kind of be that person that like dwells for a long time and then I have other friends that just like immediately jump into the next relationship or like kind of a come off that they're totally fine. Mm -hmm. What is your thoughts? Cause I feel like there's gotta be something probably in the middle that's healthier.
3: I do think, so I think it really depends. The one thing I'll say is that I think it's it's really important to have some alone time because you have to redefine your sense of self. Like that gets so muddy when you're in a relationship and you just need to make sure that you know who you are and what you want to be in another relationship. Um, but my advice on timing is that I think actually like everyone is best equipped to answer that for themselves. and. So what I recommend to people is try going on a date. I say that because you will go on the date and you will know right away if it's too soon. Like you will get a gut feeling like this is not right, this doesn't feel good. Um, And there's a difference between that and just feeling like this is slightly uncomfortable or scary, which is expected, right, after a breakup.
2: I think I mentioned this before, but I, uh, my very first real heartbreak, this girl that broke my heart, um, one of the first things I did was uh, dive into a relationship that I knew wasn't really going to work. I was seeing a stripper right afterwards for like six months. And uh, it just prolonged the pain. And I and I kind of knew it was a distraction, and I just threw myself into another person. And you're right, Ellen. I felt that like this, this doesn't feel right, but it's better than the pain, which wasn't true, but it was just an emotion I had. Uh, and it just delayed the pain. And I guess I still had to deal with it later on.
1: I feel really bad for that person. Yeah. That's like a guinea yeah. pig, right? Because Again, I feel like I've been in the position where I've helped people transition from heartbreak to normalhood. I was a victim. So I feel like if you are going through a breakup and you are on whim or Tinder or Bumble, you should put that on your profile recently got out of a relationship
3: going through a heartbreak disclaimer not sure if i'm ready for anything yet
0: yeah tons yeah. of people are going to be wanting <laughs> to date you
3: i i think you're right i think that you know i do think you you eventually do have to be upfront about where you are and you have to be honest but and this isn't based on data or anything but this is just based on being like so steeped in heartbreak and talking to so many people who are going through breakups i actually think majority of people that are dating and on dating apps are in some stage of heartbreak Um, (laughs) and so I feel like it's just a matter of like really listening to your intuition about like what feels right and what doesn't feel right and just like trying to be honest but you know there have been times where I've forced myself to go on dates because it was like months after a breakup and I just needed to like take that step and try to move forward.
0: What is your thoughts about keeping an ex in your life? Like my ex and I broke up on civil terms like I do hope one day we can be friends and I'm honestly saying that Um, but obviously recognize too that that really does prolong the getting over it process.
3: It's Really hard for us, like in this generation. I mean, I think heartbreak is always has always been difficult. It's funny because I was talking with my mom recently, and she was telling me about the breakup that she went through um, when she was 28. It was a really big breakup, and she said they broke up and they were actually next door neighbors. But she never saw him like for a nine month period. Never saw him. Never heard anything about him. I mean, they were neighbors. And so I feel like that was, like, the the benefit of going through breakups back then. Yeah. People just kind of broke up and then they, like, rode off into the sunset and you didn't really have to hear yeah. about them or see their Instagram. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I do think it is it is so hard. Um, and my advice is I do think, like, having buffer time is really crucial. And buffer time means, like, unfollowing on social media or taking a social media break. and not talking for a period of time and I say that not to say that you can never be friends with an ex or never talk to them or have them in your life but I don't think that you can be friends if you haven't taken the time to sort of recalibrate and reset your boundaries. Did
0: you see that Facebook recently made a way to block your exes yeah. but not remove them? Because that's always been a problem because you don't want to be that person. So,
1: oh, I defriend all of my exes. <laughs> really? I like like it's, yeah, it's, so I it's, think it's so childish. Though I don't think it's childish. I Do I need any more friends? No. I don't need them in my life to remind me of a failed relationship. That's just my own personal belief. But I do think that there needs to be some sort of cutoff period where you period, go cold yeah. turkey. It's like, you know, getting yourself out of an addiction. You don't talk to them at all. But exes, we also know that if you keep them in your life, they always come back in the, oh, yeah. at the most inopportune yeah. times. When you're, oh, like, yeah. getting into a relationship with someone and they like something on Facebook. And you're like, huh. Or they text you. I miss you so like why even put yourself at risk for something like that it's like
2: a weird
0: sixth
1: sense with that
2: are we talking about like a real relationship or someone that we saw for a little bit because i have for me personally i have exes that we were seeing each other for a little while and uh, we just keep coming in and out of each other's lives just like and it's always okay um And I think because it depends on the relationship. Some exes I don't ever want to see again. Others like I'm okay with seeing.
0: I don't think it has to be a set type. It's more, how did that person impact you? Mm. Like if it was, I know people that have been in really long-term relationships, like five plus years, but they've been so out of love by year three that by the time they broke up, they were just kind of done. So it wasn't even that difficult in that sense. However. I mean, I've been in that situation too, where, I mean, not my last situation, but ones prior where we weren't even officially boyfriend and girlfriend, yet it's still stung. So I think it really depends on the person. And yeah.
3: I mean, I think the litmus test is like how you feel when they come back. Um, -hmm. like whether it's like a text or you see that they've liked something that you've posted. Um, like if it sends you into like a fight or flight mode, um, and sort of you know, derails everything that's going on in your life, which happens like for a lot of people, right, with really serious relationships where you're trying to move forward. An ex coming back like that can really derail you. Um, I think that's when you need to have buffer time.
0: Well, I guess it's like if you saw them with another girl or guy, how how would you you feel? feel? If you don't care at all, That's when
1: I unfriend.
0: Yeah, Yeah,
3: that's a good litmus test
1: problem. I'm going to ask this question with an answer already in mind. What's the consensus about having sex as a way to get over an ex? Because (laughs) having sex gives you endorphins, and it's active. Not breakup sex with your ex. It's sex with other people.
3: Sex with other people. Uh, I think the jury is really split on whether or not rebound sex is a good thing. The latest research is saying that rebound sex actually may be a good way for you to move forward because it sort of disconnects you, sort of Mm -hmm. like cutting the umbilical cord. Ripping Um, off the band-aid. Right, and you know there probably are differences between men and women, I'm sure that there are, but it's not necessarily as bad as people used to think that it was, which is great and I think it totally depends on your relationship with sex and you know how you deal with sex in your own life.
2: And I got to imagine too it also uh, another factor would be going into that particular sexy time. Right? How are you going in? Are you going into like oh my god this might be another relationship or is this okay, this is just a way to kind of move on and and all that?
1: I say women just invest in a really good vibrator yeah. and then Agreed. just agree. The magic really <laughs> Men, just really lotion your hands. You're, you are
0: all good to go. We're switching gears a little here, but the matter of time, I wanted to talk about your thoughts on timing in relationships. So I feel like a common perception is like when you break up, it's just because someone did something bad or like something happened, but it doesn't always have to be that way. I think more times yeah. than not, it's actually not
3: that way. So to talk about timing, um, I think so I get a lot of questions about timing and there's a lot of content on our site about timing and I think one of the most common questions that I get is well so this person won't date me and they're saying that it's timing but if they really like me just shouldn't timing not matter like shouldn't we just be together Mm -hmm. Um, and that's something I hear a lot and I this is just me personally I really think timing does matter Mm -hmm. Um, I think You know, people are complicated and life is complicated and everyone has a million factors going into whether or not a relationship works for them at a given moment. Uh, So I do think that timing sometimes keeps relationships from working out. But the caveat is that I think timing is usually code for something else. Mm -hmm. Um, So like a lot of times um, timing is code for like one person not being ready to commit or like timing can be code for one person being scared to get hurt in a relationship or like oftentimes and I think this is maybe the most common one is just that timing is used uh, as an excuse but it's really just that the person is prioritizing something else right um, over their love life so when people ask about timing I think the question to ask is like what is it really that's going on underneath Mm. um, that's preventing the person or both people from making the relationship work? Like, what is it exactly? Because, I mean, time itself is actually really impartial, right? Like, we can't blame time.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, no, I think what
0: you said is 100% spot on, because it's usually there's something that that person needs to work through. And I know for myself, there were years that relationships weren't the first thing on my mind. And it was work, right. it was friends. And then there was just one day that things shifted. And I don't know what that was, <laughs> like, me yeah. growing up, I don't know, or just wanting that more in my life or different experiences. I do think people do prioritize different things at different points of their lives.
2: And I think another part that Ellen kind of hit on was to really look at your life and people just say timing and throw that as a nice excuse. And they're not taking the time to really look at why is it the timing? Is it really the timing or is there something else going on? Like, right. are you, Do you feel drained as a human being? Do you feel like you're not worthy of someone because you're not where you're at in life? So we just saw the word timing as a way to kind of like a catch-all. Uh, yeah, first all, exactly. And I think it's something to be very cognizant of.
3: Yeah, I think timing is just, it's like the easy answer. Um, and at first glance, like it is timing, but... If you dig a little bit deeper there's usually something else there
2: and a lot of times it's also used to just um soften the blow on the other person when they have no interest for sure
0: oh yeah Yeah. well i think that's why there's a discrepancy right because there are times that people literally just use it as an excuse to soften the blow and there are other times where it may legit really be there
1: i mean i think timing is more um reflective on where you are in your stage in life so some people are could meet someone Amazing, but they're just not ready to receive right. that person at that stage in their life. Right. Something going on personally, professionally, whatever it may be. So, timing is something that you have to reflect on individually. But, in the interest of time, I want to sort of wrap this up. Ellen, give us an overview of what MEND is all about because I know you can't give away too much, but how can it really help? a plethora of people to get over heartbreak.
3: Yeah, so I'm so excited to share MEND with everyone. Our app is, it's the next evolution of our site. And our site, you know, I developed after a breakup because I felt like I couldn't find really good resources or support online. Um, and so the site developed really organically. I mean, originally it was just like my stories and, and stories of my friends. Um, and so storytelling was really like the DNA of our site. And the next evolution is much more interactive. So our app, when I tell people about it, I say like, think of it like a personal trainer, but it's for your love life. And we're starting by helping people through breakups. If people wanna learn more about it, is there a website that they can go to? Yeah, so you can visit letsmend.com, so L-E-T-S-M-E-N-D.com. Um, and you can download our app in the app store. Um, and then I would recommend if, you're interested in heartbreak and breakups and just want to get more regular advice, we have a really great newsletter that we send out every week and you can subscribe on our website. So it's sort of like a vitamin for your love life.
0: I agree. I subscribed and I can amend to that. (laughs) (laughs) You have first hand (laughs) testimonial.
1: Last but not least, let's just go around and give your best advice for something that has worked for you in coping with heartbreaks and breakups.
3: Let's start with Ellen. I think one of the most powerful things that you can do when you go through a breakup is ritualize it some way in your life. Um, And I think that can look a little bit different for everyone. Um, I know for me, a lot of times I would take a trip. Um, Some people will decide to run a marathon. Um, That's, you know, kind of an aggressive way to ritualize a breakup. Building some sort of breakup monument, if you want to call it that, after a breakup is one really great way to sort of give yourself a goal to work towards. And then also, you know, you can look back on it and say like this, this period of time was really difficult, but it was also a, uh, a time of growth and look at what came out of that. And I think for like Adele, she got an album Um, And I guess Gwen Stefani now too has multiple albums on Heartbreak, but it can also be much smaller than that.
0: I agree with Ellen. Like I recently took a trip by myself and I've never traveled by myself. And this wasn't a big trip, but for me it was a big step. I went to Indian Springs and Calistoga and just like floated in the hot springs all day it was amazing and just reflected. <laughs> wow. And I also don't drive, so I took an Uber there and back, yeah. which was so aggressive, but I got like the midweek special, so I saved there. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> but yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I think like that, and then I think also just like I mentioned, like when we talked about timing, I think like you can, cause for me, I do feel like that was a big, not, I know we talked about timing per se, but I do think there was a lot of personal issues going on but I think it's you have to accept that it's over and yeah. if it's meant to be it will come back but you can't sit there and wait for it to come back because it's never going to come back that way so, true. so i think like for me it was really truly accepting that this is over and like i mentioned i had on again off again so that didn't help for a while but it was that full acceptance
2: uh, for me it's a couple things and i'll hit them real quick one go get some just spend time with amazing people that you generally love like friends and family just just dive into it. Um, also, on the other side of that is feel the pain. Don't try to run away from it. Don't try to get rid of it. Just be honest with it and allow the sadness and the pain to hit you. Um, and one of the things that I did that really helped uh, was after a couple of years after my heartbreak, uh, I actually went back and talked to her about it. Mm. So exit interview got closure, um, and that that was that. That shut the door. It literally uh-huh. just shut the door, and it was it was a wonderful thing. But it took time for something like that to happen.
1: My um my advice is create a vision board of what your ideal life would look like and really, really think about the images and the words that you really want your ideal life to be like. And focusing on this arts and crafts project will get your mind off of the heartbreak, but also refocus your energy on something that's more positive.
0: I agree with you there. I I remember for months I put it off because I was like, I can't do this. It just feels so cheesy. And then I finally did it. And I was like, this is amazing.
1: (laughs) All right, guys, we're gonna wrap this up. Thank
3: you so much, Ellen, for talking to us. Thank you guys for having me. This was really fun.
1: Everybody has been heartbroken. Yeah. This is
0: just people don't talk about it like no, I mean you do with your friends, it. but you don't like out in the open and like we've talked about The advice online can be really crappy. No, exactly. (laughs)
3: Exactly. And it's almost like there's a shameful element. Still a little bit taboo. Actually, I mean, a lot bit taboo.
0: When you get broken up with, like you did something wrong, even though you didn't, obviously. But
3: But we would love,
1: listeners at home, we would love to hear your breakup stories, heartbreak stories, whatever it may be, and whatever dating stories you may have. You can always remain anonymous. We can change your name, change your voice, all that good stuff. Um, And of course, check out our website, dateablepodcast.com to submit your stories. And last but not least, Michael. Stay dateable. One of the best ways to push through heartbreak is laughter and being with friends. So come to the onesie date party on Saturday, June 18th at the Makeout Room. Bring your friends and meet some new ones and expect a riot of a party. And don't forget, Dateable Podcasts will be doing a funny live performance. Yes, you need to wear a onesie. Yes, you can take it off. And no, this isn't some cuddle party or kink thing. So please wear something else awesome underneath that onesie. Tickets are $20 for one or $30 for two, and they're selling fast. So get yours today by going on Eventbrite and searching for the words onesie party that's spelled O-N-E-S-I-E or head on over to our website at datablepodcast.com.